0: It's WIRED, the Pistons Podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. Oh man, we're getting closer and closer to the NBA Draft. November 18th, just a week or so away. Welcome in to WIRED, the Pistons Podcast, brought to you by Jeep. I am Matt Derry. Coming up on the show today, we'll talk to Matt Babcock, former NBA agent and a player agent who now is an NBA Draft expert. For a BabcockHoops.com and com, we'll find out about some of these prospects in the first round, some folks that might be fits for the Pistons, what he thinks Detroit looks like as they pick at number 7 in the first round. We'll do that coming up today here on the podcast. We appreciate you listening and uh, joining us. What a job last week the Pistons did uh, in terms of helping folks getting out and voting. Really, you have to tip your cap to the Pistons and certainly the Detroit Lions as well, but in case you missed it, for election week last week and everything else, the Pistons were one spot in the Motor City that was a receiving board. Jocelyn Benson, Secretary of State in the state of Michigan, was down at the Pistons Performance Center in the New Center area, dropped her ballot in a drop box that the Pistons had put out in front of the facility. So, I've got to give the Pistons credit for what they did last week off the court as the organization continues to do great things. As far as Troy Weaver, General Manager. Of course, his first draft, now running the Pistons, spoke with the media last week and basically said, look, quote, every draft, when you go back historically, has 10 pretty good players, and it doesn't matter where they get drafted. It's on us to try to find those players, whether we're drafting. 7, 17, 27, 37, it doesn't matter, end quote. So Troy, who is highly touted, is somebody around the league that everybody knows had a huge impact in what Oklahoma City did for many years as the assistant GM under Sam Presti. Now it's on Troy, like he said, to find those diamonds in the rough, to find one of those 10 players that really helps change a franchise. And the Pistons sort of, uh, you know, in a rebrand a little bit when it comes to the roster and reload. Uh, Troy hoping to do that uh, with that number 7 pick. The Pistons right now do not have a second-round pick. Troy did tell the media last week he'd be interested in, in certainly acquiring another one or or one to uh, to add to the stable of what the Pistons have right now. But everything's on the table, according to Troy, in terms of players that they're looking at. And it's certainly an exciting time with a draft coming up on November 18th. All right, let's talk about this draft with NBA draft analyst Matt Babcock from Babcock Hoops. Follow him on Twitter, at MattBabcock11, at Babcock Hoops. He also writes for basketball news and CBS Sports HQ breaking down the NBA draft. Matt, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for the time. Um this has been kind of a, a crazy year and certainly here we are with an NBA draft in mid-November. Hi, hi you talk to these kids and, and agents. What's what's the feel? What's what's the draft feel like right I guess right now with 2 weeks to go and on how we're, on where some of these players think they're headed, and and how the process has been. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, you know an
1: unprecedented draft. I mean, there's no no doubt about that. I mean, pretty much for everybody, whether you're an agent, a player, uh, front office member, or, or a media member, and uh, I mean, usually the pre-draft process is two months, and this is going to be seven months when it's all said and done, and um, you know. One of the common themes of conversations with people is everybody says everything is really stale. I mean, it just feels like Groundhog Day. Everybody's kind of spinning their wheels. Uh, but now we're finally in, uh, you know, draft, draft season. You know, rumors are flying and kind of, kind of, uh, we're back to familiar territory here. And, um, yeah, and I'm just excited to get this, get this thing on the road, show on the road.
0: When you talk to people around the league and executives, Matt, what are they telling you about about these about these workouts and meetings and, and how that's had to had to go here through these crazy uh, you know pandemic times?
1: Yeah, you know I mean the teams and the players have you know, pretty much been limited to doing Zoom calls, uh, you know, since the call season ended, and so uh, you know I think it's a deal where you know these teams have gotten to know these players remotely, uh, and they've had so much time for, to dive in on film. Uh, and do intel work, uh, you know, a number, a number of guys have told me, um, you know, they almost knew, know too much about all these players. And so I think, you know, as far as high character guys, guys with good work ethics that kind of check all the boxes off the court, uh, th- those guys seem to be rising to the top, um, you know, because, I mean, there's just been so much time to, to do do homework. Uh, as far as these workouts go, I mean, these remote workouts that, that are, you know, um, you know, the teams are traveling around a little bit. I, I don't think they're going to swing things too much. You know, I think guys, uh, front office guys getting in front of, of players and getting a better feel for, for their bodies, the way they move, their body language and their personalities, that's probably, you know, going to kind of uh, move the needle for certain guys, uh, even more so than what what's actually being done on the court.
0: Matt, how would you characterize this draft? Strong, weak, uh, guard heavy, big heavy? You know, when, you, when you're talking to your friends, uh, you know, and, and just kind of shooting the breeze. What are you saying about this this twenty twenty crop?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of parity and there's a lot of depth. Uh, you know, I mean, some people have described this draft as, as being weak. I, I don't necessarily see it that way. I mean, there isn't there isn't you know one or two clear cut superstars like there is in some drafts. Uh, but there's some good players, and, and there's a, there's a whole lot of guys that I think have a chance to be uh, you know really solid contributors in the NBA, which which, you know, can make good draft picks as well. So I, I like the draft. It's just, it's the, you know, it's a little bit unique uh, in the sense that, you know, we don't have a good grip of how this, uh, you know, top five or six, is you know, is going to, you know,
0: unfold. Matt Babcock with me, a founder of BabcockHoops.com, also a, a big-time NBA draft contributor for BasketballNews.com and CBS Sports HQ as well. All right, so in your latest mock, you have Anthony Edwards going number one to Minnesota. Well, why do you have him at the top?
1: You know, I've, I've I've struggled with Minnesota's pick, you know, pretty much all year doing these mock drafts, and it was one of those teams I, I was hoping they weren't going to win the lottery selfishly because I just I didn't want to have to make my decision public with them. <laughs> and uh, you know, Anthony Edwards has got the most talent in the draft. I mean, he's certainly not a finished uh, you know, project by any means, uh, but he's got the most upside. Uh, he doesn't necessarily fit Minnesota perfectly. They they had just traded. Uh, first-round pick for Malik Beasley, uh, who in 14 games averaged over 20 points. And he's going to be a restricted free agent. And he's kind of similar to Edwards. Uh, So not a great fit. Uh, You And and by no surprise, I mean, Minnesota is trying to deal that pick to move back, probably to take somebody that fits better. Uh, So we have Edwards going number one because he's the top talent. Uh, I I still question if that's how it's actually going to unfold, though.
0: What's your take on LaMelo Ball? Um, I I know in your mock draft you have him – uh, going number four overall uh, to the Chicago, actually, yeah, to the Chicago Bulls. Um, you know, you've heard everything from one all the way to ten. What's your, what's your take? And what are you hearing?
1: You know, he certainly has a ton of talent. I mean, he's uh, you know he's grown. I mean, he's close to six seven now, so I mean, he's a, a really big point guard. Uh, really has a knack to make you know spectacular plays. I mean, great. He's a terrific passer uh, and just a creative player. Um, you know, some some issues with. Uh, You know, his personality. I mean, it it, it seems like he hasn't done that well in these interviews. It it sort of turns some people off. Uh, Entitlement is a word that seems to come up quite a bit with him. So there are some concerns and question marks and uh, rumors that he could slip. Um, You know, and uh, from what I understand is, you know, Detroit, New York, Washington, Phoenix are all kind of scrambling to do their homework on him uh, because they think there's a chance he might be there. Uh, And so we'll we'll see how it unfolds. I mean, you know, it's another – Another narrative in this, this draft where it's just uh, the, the drama is going to be thick,
0: <laughs> and it's tough too, isn't it, for a guy that, uh, of course, everybody saw his high school videos from, from from YouTube basically, and and then he played a year overseas. Um, you know, you don't have a ton of, uh, a ton of tape on a kid like that, but it, as somebody who has family members that have been in front offices for years and you represented players, how much is of, of a hindrance is that for a guy like Ball, or is that not, that not that not the case anymore?
1: Yeah, I think there's a number, a number of NBA people that, that have been turned off by, by LaMelo and his family for years now. Uh, you know, I don't think that necessarily would be enough for a team to say, hey, this is a red flag. We're not messing with him. But I think it's a check in, you know, in the cons, if you're, if you weighing out the pros and cons with him. Um, you know, at some point, somebody's going to take him though, just because he's got a ton of talent. Uh, it's just a matter of where. And I think, uh, you know, with these, this top, you know, group of guys, uh, which includes not, not necessarily in this order: uh, Edwards, Wiseman, A. Kunglu, Ball, Top, and Avia. Uh, it, it's so close, and, and they're all they're all very different. A lot of times, I think it's apples and oranges when comparing them. And so, I think teams are looking at fits a little bit more than they do, than they do in most
0: years. Matt Derry, with you, with Matt Babcock from BabcockHoops.com, dot com, basketball news and CBS Sports HQ. This is Wired, the Pistons podcast. All right, let's get into Detroit. Obviously, that's what fans are are, are listening to us for. You have the Pistons at seven. And this, again, is just a mock draft, Matt. So if you get it wrong, no one's going to be mad at you. But <laughs> you have them taking Kyra Lewis, the point guard from, from Alabama. Uh, many people say, who's that? Uh, tell us a little bit about him and, and, and why did you like that fit? And he's certainly risen up your, your board over the last few weeks, hasn't he? Yeah,
1: I mean, first of all, you know, I'd like to address sort of how we go about putting together our mock draft. So we're we're not projecting the picks. You know, We're not trying to be reporters. Uh, the, the, you know, we, we've got a full team. We, we essentially simulate as if we're our own NBA front office and cover the draft that way. And so, these are the picks that we, we would suggest. Um, and so, I, I don't know if, if Carr is actually going to be the pick there, um, but we do like the fit there. I mean, Detroit is a developing team. You know, I don't think their their, their core unit is necessarily established. I think they could go in a number of different directions. Uh, obviously, Derrick Rose is, uh, is aging. Has uh, always already had you know physical problems, and you know, so I think getting a primary ball handler, a guy that could pencil in as their point guard moving forward would make a lot of sense. Uh, so my guy Derek Murray that works with me, uh, he just traveled to Miami to spend some time with, with Kyra and his agent, watch him work out, and get to get to know the kid. And yeah, he just he's gradually moved up for us. Um, you know, he's got elite speed, and he shoots the ball well. And so I think his strengths really translate well. Uh, I, I do think this is on his high side, you know, as far as draft value goes. Uh, but it would be a good fit. Uh, you know, some other guys that we've sort of considered for them, uh, I mean, depending on who, who will be there, obviously LaMelo, if he were to slip, I think they need to take a look at him just just off you know, raw talent alone. Uh, but Isaac Okoro from Auburn is a terrific athlete. Uh, I know Dwayne Casey and Troy Weaver want to kind of toughen up their roster and, and kind of bring a little bit more of a gritty style uh would fit that perfectly i mean he is probably top to bottom the best athlete in the draft and i think he's got a chance to be an elite defender Uh, i've also heard uh patrick williams could be in the mix there a hybrid forward freshman from florida state uh so there's a number of guys i think could be considered uh at that pick
0: back to lewis for a second uh would you say he's kind of a virtual unknown based on if i went on to woodward avenue here in detroit and and ask 10 people who Kyra Lewis was, I, I don't know if I would get one or two to even say that he played point guard at Alabama. But, um, you know, when you talk about uh, your guy going down to Miami and talking to him and his agent, late bloomer or, or maybe, maybe we'd know more about him uh, if the season had ended last year, if not for the pandemic.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting with Kyrie. you know, his, his freshman year he came in and, and was playing for Avery Johnson as a 17-year-old. And so, I mean, he, they brought him in early. Um, he's still only, he had just turned 19, I believe, in April. Uh, so he's a young guy, even though he's a sophomore. Um, and, and, you know, and, yeah, maybe you know, a little bit hidden in plain sight. I mean, Alabama wasn't like a top-tier team. And, um, you know, I mean, if uh, you're not covering the SEC heavily or the draft, you probably wouldn't know him. Uh, but I'm telling you, the, the kid's, the, kids are the real deal. I mean, his speed alone, uh, that, that's going to allow him to do some, some good stuff in the NBA.
0: What about Killian Hayes? Uh, you, you, you had the Pistons bypassing him. And, again, it's just a mock draft, and I get it. Uh, but his name has come up uh, with Detroit. What do you think of him, the kid out of France?
1: Yeah, no, he, I should have mentioned him in that group I just, uh, just laid out. And, uh, you know, big big point guard. They also can play shooting guard, 6'5". Uh, he's got an interesting background. His, uh, his dad is from Florida and played professionally in Europe, uh, and his mom is French, and so he's grown up in France. Um, you know, I, I went to go see him and his team Cholet in France last year. and It was interesting. He, uh, he played with a number of guys that were up-and-coming prospects that were, were all point guards, and they kind of split time with you know, who had the ball in their hands. Uh, I think his agent did a good job of moving him uh, this last summer to a team in Germany where he could really run the show. And he's he's uh, really developed, and it really worked out well for him. And uh, yeah, he's definitely in that mix. You know, big big lefty point guard, uh, the developing playmakers, shooting's really coming around. He he, w- he would be a good option for them at, at that pick too. And uh, you know, my, you know, my guy Derek and I worked on our mock draft yesterday, and we debated between Kyra and Killian. Uh, Kyra just got you know got the edge on him just just with the speed alone. I, I personally think it's going to translate a little bit better than Killian's game well.
0: In, in Detroit's case, and sort of like you said, for, for many of these people, including new, 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 new general manager Troy Weaver, it might just be best player available. And who's at seven? Who can help us? It's kind of a positionless game now with, with the NBA and so many guys, five stepping out, shooting 25-footers and, and everything else. But wh- how do you feel this draft fits what Detroit is looking for? And, and how do you look at what the Pistons are doing with, with their sort of reload right now?
1: You know, I think they've got somewhat of a blank canvas. I mean, I, you know, look at their roster, the guys they've got under contract. I'm not sure if there's a ton of guys that are going to be there long term. Obviously, you know, Kennard's a young, you know, good player that's already done some good things. Uh, Dumboya showed some flashes last year of some promise. And the thing with, with, uh, with Siku is, you know, he's versatile too. So, I mean, I think you could draft a number of different players and, and get creative with your lineups and how you build this team. Uh, so, I mean, it is one of those teams. I mean, the, the group of guys they can look at, uh, is a lot larger than it is for, for some other teams that have a pretty established young core, I mean, including Minnesota. I mean, even though they're, they're one of the worst teams in the league this last year, uh, you know, they got the number one pick, uh, but they've got a core unit that you kind of see how their future is developing, uh, you know, with their players. Detroit, I, I, I don't really see a clear cut path of, of what their roster is going to look like in the next couple of years. So, um, you know, really a hard team to sort of project what, what they're going to do.
0: It's interesting because, like you mentioned, there there are some veterans there, like you said, at least right now, with Derrick Rose and, and certainly Blake Griffin. But diamonds in the rough that Ed Stefanski found, and now, of course, he's passed the torch to, um, to Troy Weaver. But guys like Bruce Brown, and, and you mentioned Sekou again, who was on people's radars, but Svee McHilouk who is a second-round pick of the Lakers. Pistons pretty much got him for nothing. That's how you kind of have to rebuild, don't you, a little bit in terms of finding some of those diamonds in the rough, uh, Matt?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, you know, everybody. You know, I feel like a lot of fans look at the draft as, you know, you have to get a slam-dunk pick to make it worthwhile, you know, getting a guy with star potential. I don't, I don't always see that being the case. I mean, get, getting guys that can be glue guys and compliment you know, your stars are important. Uh, I mean, I think Detroit's still in the, you know, the point where they, they need to figure out who's their next guy that they build around. I don't think that guy is on their roster right now. I think Siku's got a lot of talent. Um, I don't, you know, even if, if things were to click and he develops properly, I'm not sure he's good enough to be your franchise player. I think he's more best-case scenario, second or third. Uh, so, I mean, they're like I said, they, they've got somewhat of a blank canvas as far as where they're going to take this thing.
0: Matt Babcock with me. All right, here's what fans are going to do, Matt. If the Pistons take Kyra Lewis or they take uh, Halliburton or they take Killian Hayes or, or LaMelo, you know what's going to happen around here because he's a Detroit kid. He played four years at Michigan State. People are going to say, wait a minute, what about Cassius Winston? Yet, in your mocks, uh, you've had him as a second-round pick, and in some of them, late second-round pick. What's, uh, I'm not saying what's the issue with Cassius, but w- what keeps him from being a first-round pick in your mind?
1: You know, Cassius is one of those guys. I mean, I've seen him play so many times, and he's he's easy to root for. Seems like a great kid and just just an overall winner. Uh, And obviously, I I love Izzo, too. I mean, the guys coming out of there really know how to play. You know, Izzo does a good job of grooming them and toughening them up. And, um, you know, there's a lot to like with Cassius. You know, his downside, I mean, his physical limitations is really what's holding him back. He's on the smaller side. He's not very athletic. You know, and this draft is filled with point guards. And so I just, I think he's, you know, somewhat of a victim of circumstances, but also just the physical limitations. There's not much he can do about that. And so it's one of those things we've had him. I mean, we've had him at 59 right now, which I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are going to be up in arms about that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly rooting for him and I hope he proves me wrong. Uh, it's just hard to imagine teams, you know, prioritizing him over some of these, these other point guards whose games might translate a little bit better.
0: All right, and uh, you know, and I think you're right. And obviously, for what he did at Michigan State and U of D Jesuit uh, High School, winning a state championship, everybody just knows the name. Give me a name, Matt, of somebody that that is like one of your favorite players in this draft. Somebody to watch that that will get taken in the first round. That you really like. That that maybe uh, is, is on your radar. One of one of your favorite guys. Is, is there somebody?
1: Sure. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. There's actually a few guys. You know, my a, a couple. Or Go for it. it. uh that have really kind of risen up uh, the more I learn about them. Uh, one is Malachi Flynn from San Diego State. Um, you know, I liked him throughout the year. I mean, San Diego State had a great, great season. They only lost two games, if I remember correctly. And, uh, you know, Malachi's a smaller guard. He's 6'1, 185. Uh, but he, he is just, he checks all the boxes. I mean, growth mindset, toughness, leadership. I think he's a guy that, regardless of where he's going to get taken, I think he's going to have an opportunity to, to play, and I think he's going to have a great career. Uh, and a couple other guys that are kind of similar, similar, similar paths where they're a little bit older and you know weren't necessarily the super hyped up guys out of high school. Uh, Elijah Hughes from Syracuse. He, he transferred from East Carolina. Uh, he's like a two-three wing. Uh, he's got deep range. He can put it on the floor. Uh, and I think he's just a guy that's really, really going to do well. And then another guy that, that probably is going to be a second-round pick, but that I have a lot of confidence in uh, is Jalen Harris uh, from Nevada. A combo guard and just a killer instinct scorer uh, that can play on the ball, off the ball. Uh, th- these are three guys that, that are, I guess you could say, you know, experienced college players that I think are, are, are ready to step in and, and fill a role right away, which I, I think somebody's going to be happy with.
0: Matt, this is exciting. Your knowledge is off the charts. Uh, appreciate the time. And look, I think we've all just been waiting for, and draft experts like yourself, uh, analysts, Kind of just been chomping at the bit for this thing to finally happen. Two weeks away, can you believe it? No, I
1: was, finally. And, and, and I've, I've joked around. We traveled around a little bit talking some of these prospects, and I joked with them that I'm never going to forget them. That their their games are tattooed in my mind because I've been studying them for for seven months, or, or I guess more than that, you know, if you consider the season too. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get get the November 18th.
0: Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Hey,
1: yeah, thank you. Take care.
0: Matt Babcock is our guest today on Pistons, uh, the Pistons podcast, Wired, brought to you by Jeep. We appreciate his time. Check out his work, babcockhoops.com, basketballnews.com. His latest mock is up there, and also CBS Sports HQ. We're two weeks away, folks. We'll talk some more draft next week right here on Wired. See you.